bad, immoral, and wrong. This is the Modern Eater Show. Piping hot and delicious. The Modern Eater. Food, 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 your hosts, Greg Hollenbeck, Jay Parker, and Brian Freeman. Alright, yes it is, and here we are, live from the Intrepid Sojourner Beer Project. Greg Hollenbeck, Jay Parker, and Brian Freeman. It is that time. It's an anniversary party, and it's so much fun. I wish you'd come out and join us at 8th and Santa Fe, uh, the Santa Fe Arts District. Gentlemen, this is a good time here tonight. Uh, Jay, Brian, how's it going? Uh, I'm actually really excited for tonight because we've got a great group of people. Greg looks awesome. Jay looks awesome. And our guest tonight, with right now, with Ben and Andrew, I'm so pumped. These two boys, one year into this, this place is packed here tonight. They have to be relishing in this anniversary. I got to tell you what, Jay. Uh, you look around at a lot of familiar faces, and it's hard to believe that it's only been one year. It is hard to believe, and uh, Andrew and I were talking the other day and, and, and bringing home uh, a silver medal from the World uh, Beer Cup at a, at a brewery that's uh, barely one years old is uh, no, uh, nothing less of astonishing, especially given the competition that, that's, that's out there in the craft beer world. So uh, one year seems like an eternity, but uh, they're doing it. Here's the lineup for tonight. Amy Fair is going to be on the next segment at 6.15, president of the Come again, Brian? Art District of Santa Fe is what the proper name of it is. I just found out because I always thought it was Santa Fe Art District, but it's truly the Art District of Santa Fe. The Art District of Santa Fe. Yep. We can make that uh, change right now. So uh, look forward to Amy at about 6.15. Carly Smith, the fairy gut mother, she's checking in. We have a question and answer uh, for gut health protocol. Carly's been just kind of our spirit guides and getting our guts back into shape. And it's one of those things to where... You know, if you're not getting your gut healthy, you're probably not going to get your health together all together. So Carly Smith's going to join us at 6.30 on 6.30 KHOW. In the kitchen, so thankful they just laid some food down right now. It's Barbed Wired Food Truck, and they're providing all of the food provisions for us this evening, gentlemen. And we've got to be uh, very happy with the food that's laid out in front of us this I, evening. Ooh. I love, Greg, that they put it all in front of Carly over there because uh, the, there's probably nothing that's uh, part of gut health in that uh, all that deep fried awesomeness that they just provided for us. I'm pumped to try it. I know that my uh, fairy gut mother is going to be giving me a hard time about well, it. Well, we'll see what she has to say about that type of thing and how you can fit those. Welcome back to the show. It's a fun time here at Intrepid Sojourner. Um, all the accolades, it's, it's you guys' hour. 
Yeah, thanks. Thanks for having us. Thanks for doing the show here. It's been, yeah, we say every day is very long and every month is very short. <laughs> <laughs> now, the weather is not helping you out, and that's no secret. It's not hurting them, though. No. But, yep. but the people are out, and they're supporting you guys, yeah. and uh, rain or shine. People are going to drink some delicious beer tonight. No rain. There's the band going on here tonight. Ben, good to catch up with you, my friend. How are you? I'm pretty good. I'm yeah. pretty tired, but it's nice to be here. Hey, listen, <laughs> this is the kind of tired you want, though, right? That's exactly right. It's I've got my coffee. If I sat down, I might fall asleep without it. <laughs> are, are you drinking coffee or beer? Coffee. Coffee. Beers for later. Beers for later. You guys, reflect over the past year. What have we seen? What have we learned? Where are you now? Let's get the state of the state address when it comes to Intrepid Sojourner Beer Project. Uh, A year ago, it was just open the doors and hope that it sticks. That's right. Open the doors and hope that we can serve people beer. A year in, we planned to do our first bottle releases and managed to do that. Uh, Got those done by hand and released them each day this week, one of which was our... uh, Medal winner at World Beer Cup. Shouldn't be understated how rare it is for a brewery before its first anniversary to win a World Beer Cup medal. Andrew's a genius, so we got one. <laughs> wow, Andrew. Saying, yeah. You're our, a genius, yeah. right? One of, one of our wonderful customers, John Vanderwater, was back this week from Florida. He was very, he's, you're stealing lines from John now. <laughs> yeah, I'm glad he's back because he calls us geniuses every time he's here. <laughs> yeah. Still, well, but Andrew is an archaeologist by uh, trade, right? Uh, yeah, I went to school for archaeology. Yeah, and that, I mean, that's what has informed the beers over the last year and what continues to inform the beers. I mean, one of the fun things that we have tonight is we brewed a couple of beers on our pilot system, and then we separated those beers up and dosed them with different um, Mediterranean spices in the case of the Cezanne and different uh, coffees uh, in the case of our uh, Simco IPA. So, you know, we've got the Cezanne with... Arissa Spice, Spice Blend, the Rossel Hanout Spice Blend, uh, um, the Zanzibar Curry Spice Blend. So you can kind of, uh, you can taste those side by side and see what the differences are. And, and that's really, I mean, what we've been doing this last year and what we want to keep doing is kind of pushing the envelope with beer and flavor and beer and food and, and uh, continuing to allow that culinary influence to play in our beers. A couple of things of note is I, I sampled a couple of those beers from your pilot system. Yeah. And you say, um, you know, I think beer is food. Absolutely. Uh, and the taste that I was getting out of that, I was almost going down a jury of, uh, a journey of those certain spices remind me of a chicken curry that I sure. make. Uh, yeah. And, and, you know, I'm not going to be able to pronounce the spices that you do and even know how to pair them together. But what I can tell you is that my imagination runs wild of the possibilities of these one-off beers that you're producing as well as your signature beers here at Intrepid Sojourner uh, to where you're opening my palate up, Andrew, into areas I never thought that it could go. Um, How is it that you seem to be cutting new road for that that type of journey with Intrepid Sojourner? Um, Well, thank you. I mean, I I think that uh, a lot of the beers, I mean, there's certainly some trial and error involved, um, and that's one of the reasons we wanted this pilot system, why we wanted to do the kind of side-by-side spice comparisons like we're doing this evening. Um, and part of it's just, you know, having had the opportunity to be exposed wow. to some of these Middle Eastern flavors uh, that I don't feel like we get exposed to often enough. I mean, that was one of the things that 
that, that blew my mind about the Mediterranean is there's not a lot of beer in the Middle East, mm-hmm. uh, understandably so, but the, the flavors and the food are just so intense uh, and so different from, you know, what I was used to growing up in, in Indiana. So um, it's been fun to, to play with different kinds of beers, and we're going to keep experimenting, whether it's on the pilot system, you know, whether it's you know, kind of single keg infusions, or, you know, we make a lot of, to make a lot of teas uh, to kind of dial in dosages and things like that. So, do you, you know, guys, do, do you feel, because I, I love beer, and I love craft beer, and I love to see what the brewers have at hand, um, but when I taste your beers, I, it's almost like my palate's not developed enough, or I'm, t- I'm tasting something to where it's so unique that is the average palate ready for your types of beers? That's a good question. We talk about that a lot. Um, That's why you got to do the uh, the beer school. Yeah, so, yeah. <laughs> that way you can be educated. Go to on beer what school, educate your palate. That's yes. right. <laughs> uh, drink more beer. And that's a kind of a mission for you, though, right? Isn't that kind of a mission that you're set out on to to bring people different flavors and tastes yeah. and beers? Absolutely. I mean, I want. I came to brewing from from academia, from archaeology, and from teaching, and so education is a big part of this for me too. And I want to push kind of the envelope of the flavors that beer can take on. Uh, and I'm hoping that there are enough people out there that are interested in the in this beer project uh, to see where those where those flavors can take us. You know, whether it's just drinking them over the bar, or pairing them with food, or cooking with them. Well, let's go to your partner, Ben. I mean, Ben, y- your palate has to be advancing rapidly. That's right. It was with, quite a with, steep learning curve when with, I got into the industry. So when you taste these new beers, yeah. are you like, oh, you know, boy, yeah. this is uh, awfully, uh, you know, I don't know if we're ahead of the curve or we should do these types of things, or do you just sit yeah. back, relax, learn something, and, and trust in the process that Andrew's bringing to the yeah, table? It's really a matter of communication and getting people to try the beer. The nice side effect of the beers he brews is, it's not just an interesting flavor that he adds that is interesting to a beer expert who knows what the base style tastes like and who can see the interesting complementary way that his adjuncts might play off of it. But it also just, in every case, happens to make it more approachable. We have a ton of people who come in, have never had beer or have never liked beer, had a beer they liked before, yeah. and uh, it makes it more approachable for them. Again, summing up what I have to say about what you guys do here is it makes my imagination go wild. Um, it truly does. It's it's not your ordinary and and no knocks on ordinary styles of beer no. that you're completely used to. No. But this I, is the next step. I, In the last generation, beers changed a lot, and there's still a lot of room for it to grow and develop. We're gonna little get a little bit into the weeds tonight and get a little nerdy, and which I think we should. Yeah. Um, beer, beer is art. Yes. Right. Beer, beer is art, and Absolutely. what better place for you to land than the Santa Fe Arts District? Uh, take a moment to talk about the community around you and how maybe that culture of people that enjoy that style or that art or that feeling are embracing Intrepid Sojourner because you you run in line with that thought process. Yeah, I mean, from early on, we wanted to be with a group of of creative people doing interesting things, and that's not just with beer, um, but you know, coming to the Arts District down Santa Fe, um, there are so many great people here doing so many interesting creative things that it just sounded, I think, 
kind of creates this atmosphere that hopefully inspires everybody, whether they're brewing beer or, or, or whatever their medium is. And, I mean, that's been one of the, the things, uh, too, with, I, I don't know, beer evangelism is that, like, we want people to see some of the beers that we're doing or all the beers that we're doing as a kind of, you know, consumable art form um, that, you know, they, you, they look a certain way, uh, they're carbonated a certain way, they drink a certain way, they taste a certain way, um, and all of that's very intentional, uh, all of that, I think. Um, so framing ourselves in, in this community of artists, I think, helps us accomplish that mission, absolutely. Great segue. I don't know whether you did it or not, but our next guest, Amy Fair. Uh, Brian, do you want to give her title again? Yes, Amy Fair is the president of the Art District of Santa Fe. Um, I get to feel she's got a look on her face that almost says that you're wrong, Brian, or is Brian right? Uh, we'll, because I took it from an email. All we'll right, find so. out next when we come back with Amy right here. It is the Modern Eater Show broadcasting live from the Santa Fe Arts District. It's 8th and Santa Fe live from Intrepid Sojourner Beer Project. We think the world of these guys. Uh, they're doing innovative things. And uh, you're going to want to sit back, relax, continue to listen to this program as we have a lot of great guests coming for, for uh from you live from Intrepid Sojourner Beer Project, one of our favorite places. If you're in the shot of our voice, please come down and see us, 8th and Santa Fe, and uh, you won't be disappointed. We'll be back in a flash. Greg Hollenbach, Jay Parker, and Brian Freeman. Amy, up next, right here on the Modern Eater Show on iHeartRadio. Choose your path through Cyberland. Don't forget to check us out on Instagram and Facebook for all the fun photos and videos. Just search the Modern Eater or check out the website themoderneater.com. You have the goods? Jay Parker here for The Goods Restaurant. If you're looking for a neighborhood restaurant that features gluten-free menu items, stop by The Goods. Whether you're a vegetarian, vegan, gluten-free, or even a meat lover, they've got something for everyone. Get started with the vegan gluten-free tacos, warm corn tortillas, wood oven roasted veggies, pickled onions, shaved radish, tomatillo, fresh cilantro, and a house-made vegan sour cream. Wow! How about the best burger on planet Earth? One half pound of Aspen Ridge beef, lettuce, tomato, pickles, and never any hormones, antibiotics, or steroids. I recommend getting the crispy rosemary fries. As a friendly neighborhood restaurant featuring dinner, brunch, and full bar with two daily happy hours, they truly care about you, the customer, and desire to provide an extraordinary dining experience for everyone. They are family and children friendly and even have a playroom for the little ones. The Goods, a friendly neighborhood restaurant who offer a wide menu of gluten-free, vegetarian, and vegan options. And they don't forget about the meat lovers with a staff that really cares. On East Colfax, directly connected to the Tattered Cover Bookstore. Hungry? TheGoodsRestaurant.com Rocker Spirits. It's a distillery. It's a place to hang. It's about quality. It's about taste. It's about passion. Infused with American spirit. Rocker whiskey, rocker rum, rocker vodka. Get ready for an original look, feel, and experience. Old Town Littleton. And if you get hungry while you're sipping on some drinks, they've got the best food truck line in town. Open Thursdays, Fridays, Saturdays, and Sundays. Rockerspirits.com. Rockerspirits.com. Hey, it's Jay Parker. You guys hear us talk about John Irvin and gluten-free things all the time. Listen to what our good friend Chef Keegan Gerhardt from D-Bar Denver and the Food Network had to say. I want to give a shout-out to John, by the way. I know he's sponsoring the uh, In the Kitchen part 
he was super gracious to us at D-Bar this past week. He brought by a bunch of his gluten-free goodies and some hoagie rolls and flour mixes and all kinds of great stuff. So, yeah, if, that's, if you have that need, that guy's on top of it. John is uh, super great. I met him thanks to you guys and the viewing party at Carrie's at Bordeaux. Yeah, he gave us the hookup. So I just want to say a big thanks, Dan. Hey, what's going on, everybody? This is uh, Chef Brother Luck from Four by Brother Luck in Colorado Springs. Oh, man, we're having a good time. We're having a good time. And also competing on season 15 of Top Chef. You are listening to the Modern Eater Show on iHeartRadio. Hi, everybody. It's Chef Terry from Bardo in Denver. <laughs> I'm also on season 15 of Top Chef Colorado. <laughs> and you're listening to the Modern Eater on iHeartRadio. Yes, you are listening to the Modern Eater Show on iHeartRadio, live from Intrepid Sojourner Beer Project. Greg Hollenbach, Jay Parker, and Brian Freeman uh, hosting the show tonight. Sticking with us, uh, head brewer and co-owner of Intrepid Sojourner, Andrew Moore. And we have to introduce this gal right here because this is so cool to be landing in this spot. Uh, her name is Amy Fair, president of the Art District on Santa Fe. We can get things right around here. No problem. Welcome to the show, Amy. How are you tonight? Doing well. Thanks for having me. All right, let's do this. Uh, Santa Fe Arts District. So many things. As a Denver boy, I grew up in Cherry Creek. Santa Fe Arts District has just developed and come along so far. First of all, how did you get into your position? Where do you come from? And um, what's going on with the Santa Fe Arts District? Yeah. It's a, a neighborhood that I live in and love. I'm originally from Chicago and landed in the neighborhood, drawn to all of the artists and makers and designers and creatives um, that really make our neighborhood um, rich and, um, you know, just really strong community down here. And uh, I have a background in nonprofit organizational management. We are an all volunteer team. We're a 501c3 nonprofit membership organization. And we represent artists, galleries, and creative businesses like the Intrepid Sojourner Beer Project. Mm-hmm. It's kind of cool to have. Um, I just want you to bring that microphone. It's a bendy mic. Just bring it, bend it on into you. There you go. We'll hear you so much better as you do that. So many people here tonight at Intrepid Sojourner. <laughs> They're having fun. Yes, they are. Somebody's yes, having a good time. As you build throughout the years, um, no secret that. Santa Fe became, it came from humble districts. A lot of migrants came here. Um, it is a very ethnic-oriented neighborhood. And rather than trying to change that, you've embraced it with Absolutely. the Santa Fe Arts District. And to have places like Intrepid Sojourner give you guys a look and say, you know, we want to set up shop right here. This is such a fun place to be. In your estimation, why do you figure it is right now that the Santa Fe Arts District is coming into its own? What are the things that you love about the Arts District? Yeah, I think the uh, Art District on Santa Fe has um, always been its own, and that's what's been unique about it. Um, and the really big differentiator among all of the 20-some-odd uh, creative districts in the state of Colorado. Uh, we have a unique blend of rich cultural history here and um, emerging artists, um, high-end contemporary galleries. Uh, there really is something for everybody down here. And I think playing into that history and the roots and really celebrating that diversity 
um, you know, not just uh, culturally and demographically, but in terms of art, right? We have studio artists, we have performance artists, but there really is something for everybody down here, and I think that's what gives us our um, unique character. Signature events, Brian, Jay, Andrew, have you been to some of the events that they do down here? I've got to talk about the art walk, you know, and, and I don't know if I'm labeling it correctly, but so many unique things like chalk on the, on the sidewalks and, and pe people that do mural art for you and those types of things. Can you talk about a couple of your signature events? Absolutely. So uh, our first Friday art walks are our signature event. They happen every first Friday, rain or shine, from 5.30 to 9.30. Uh, we bring about 15,000 people down here in the summer months. Um, it's a free event. All of our events throughout the year are free for attendees. Again, you know, playing into the just homage of the, the history, you know, serving the neighborhood, the residents, the businesses. All of our programming is free. Uh, first Fridays, come on down. All the galleries are open. That is uh, the biggest night of the month where everybody's open. Um, upstairs, downstairs, alleyways. Uh, there's art everywhere. Uh, we also have something called the Third Friday Collector's Night. And that is a little bit higher end. That's geared toward our collectors. Um, but it's an intimate night. It's a chance to really talk to the gallery owners and the artists themselves. Uh, we also have something called the Art of Brunch uh, that is a spring and fall event. It happens on final Sundays. So um, for those of you in Denver, come down. The final one in spring is happening this Sunday from 11 a.m. to 3 p.m. All the galleries down Santa Fe will be opening and offering free brunch bites. Uh, most of them serve anything from donuts to bacon to quiches and mimosas, and those places tend to do a little bit better than the others. <laughs> Well, Amy, Brian Freeman oh, here, man. Um, and I'll tell you, I have been to the Friday events, yeah. um, actually a couple of them, very unassuming, the, the people in the galleries are very approachable to explain where the artists are from, what style of art, so it's, it's not something that, you know, I, I know a lot of people don't know a lot about art, they go out, they go to a museum, and then, and they, they sort of, I feel, they, they sort of become more recluse because they... They're afraid to ask questions. And that's one of the things that I thought was really neat about the Santa it's Fe. It's so approachable. Yes, it's so yeah, approachable. I, I agree. Um, yeah, Amy. you know, our, our tagline is art for all, and that's for a reason, right? You know, like I said, not only do we serve everybody, there's something for everybody. All of our events are free. All of our programming is free. Um, you know, but on top of that, um, the it's, it's, it has that access. It has that approachability. And, um, you know, you can walk in. The First Friday Art Walk is a perfect example. And it's a great foray into the art scene. If you've never stepped foot into a gallery, that's the time to do it. Uh, we have a free shuttle that goes around the district. Um, it's very humble, very personal. It's a, a great experience. Um, if you've never set foot in a gallery, come down to the First Friday Art Walk. And if you have set foot in a gallery, come to our third Friday Collector's Night. Come to the Art of Brunch. Uh, we also do um, something called the Art on Film series. Uh, it's a free film screening for the community. We do it outdoors. We get live bands. We get food trucks. And that will be happening the final Wednesdays of June, July, and August at Sioux Teatro. Um, and then in the fall, it, uh, we're celebrating with the Green Chili Festival in September. 
Oh, and there's some exciting news we could talk about at the Green Chili Festival. I think, Green Chili Beer. I think we got a tie-in here to our friends wow. at Intrepid. Absolutely, absolutely. So it's the 15th anniversary of the Art District on Santa Fe. So this is a year of a lot of milestones in the Art District. Uh, we're really excited to celebrate with our friends at the Intrepid Sojourner Beer Project and to celebrate our quinceanera with a uh, Green Chili Festival. We will be closing down 7th Avenue, um, really making it a family-friendly community festival festival um, for kids, adults. We'll have green chili beer, we'll have a green chili cook-off, and uh, we're hoping our friends here can make something special for that day. I know they can. With we're those, already those, thinking about it. Are you yeah. really? Yeah, I'll tell you what, they have the saying, if you build it, they will come. Well, you, no, not necessarily. Um, if you do all the right things and you get the right people involved, um, the Art District on Santa Fe, uh, you're hearing the voice of Amy Fair, the president of that. It sounds like you're pretty busy, Amy. Yes. You're keeping yourself really busy. I always give people the um, opportunity to have the 30-second elevator speech of why they should come join you in a district I'm so proud of here in Denver to see it develop. Um, you've said so many things already that it's almost like, all right, I'm convinced uh, I don't need that. But I'd like to give you that opportunity to reach out to our listeners and say, here's why you should come join us down here. Yeah, I appreciate that. Like I said, we're an all-volunteer team. We have, you know, some 20-odd certified creative districts in the state, and we are the only one that is an all-volunteer team. This is a labor of love for us. Um, come down. Come enjoy our free programming. Uh, there's something for everybody from film to art to food. We have so much internationally inspired restaurants and um, breweries like the Sojourner Beer Project who are just capturing that so well. Um, and, you know, whether you're an attendee, whether it's your first time, you know, get involved, come attend, uh, come join us. And if you want to volunteer, please reach out. We could use your help. How can people find you? At denversartdistrict.org. She's a class act. I can see why you wanted her on the show, Andrew. Real quick, uh, Greg, Jay, yes. here, just real quick. Go. Uh, what's doing? Being the president of the uh, the art district on Santa Fe, what's what's your talent? You paint? Do you sing? Do you dance? Is it film? It's got to be something. All of yeah. It's yeah. bringing people together. It is, is what I bringing think. people together. So I'm the community organizer who helps uh, highlight, celebrate, and organize the artists and. Um, makes everything happen no painting the on the side we're a little something like this no all right she's well, got secrets I, let her have them, i just huh? thought maybe let she her would. have her maybe secrets organizing artists is a talent in and of itself I, be, I believe you there amy it won't be your last time we're so thrilled to have you on the show tonight you. you did an excellent job you didn't know what you're stepping into i didn't no idea it takes a lot of guts to get up here throw a headset on and talk about the things, but when it's a passion inside of you, it comes as easily as you explained it. Yep. Amy Fair, thank you so much. Thanks President of the Art District on Santa Fe. More to come right here. It is a beer-centric program right here on the Modern Eater Show because we're celebrating a one-year anniversary of Intrepid Sojourner Beer Project. 8th and Santa Fe, right? What's the exact address, Andrew? So it's 925 West 8th Avenue in between Santa Fe and Calamath. Don't goof. Bring your proof. Uh, the beer's flowing right here. Band's playing. Who's the band tonight, Andrew? Uh, so the band is uh, Dylan McCoy, and uh, he's got two guys. They're playing some bluegrass, and should be a good time. Wait, Dell McCoy? Not Del McCoy. No, McCoy. not McCurry. Not I'm McCurry, like, yeah. whoa, oh, yeah, who, yeah, who, no, who no, didn't no. tell me about yeah, this action here? We, yeah, maybe the second anniversary. <laughs> As the sun sets on the Mile High City, we'll take this opportunity to uh, wish... 
Intrepid Sojourner Beer Project, a happy anniversary, and we welcome you out here to uh, cheers them and have a beer with us. Up next, the fairy gut mother. She'll flutter on in to the program and uh, take your questions and answers about uh, gut health protocol. One of the things that I wanted to pose to her, Andrew, is, is beer bad for your gut? I want to know I the answer. Not. And I think people will want to, too. As, could you I'm imagine if she if it says is. it's yeah. terrible? Yeah. Hey, I don't mean to uh, be even gloomier on a day like this today, but we'll find out. Fairy Gut Mother up next. Her name's Carly Smith. That'll be next right here on the Modern Eater Show on iHeartRadio. If you're hyper-local and you like food, click and taste the Modern Eater's website, videos, pictures. It is good. Food and drink blogs from the best in the business. And don't forget to watch their latest prize giveaway video too. TheModerneater.com. Hi, this is Charlie Gottenkenny, brewmaster at Brews Beers. Spring is here, and it's time to check out our spring lineup of Belgian-style ales. We have classic Belgian styles like doubles and triples, quads, wit beers, and Belgian IPAs, plus spring seasonals, fruit beers, wild beers and barrel-aged specialties. All of our beers are handcrafted in small batches and served fresh. Brews Beers is in Midtown at 67th and Pecos. We're open seven days a week with great food trucks every day and loads of free parking. We're even dog-friendly. And if you're planning a business or private event, we'll host it for you and make it a memorable experience. Find out why everyone's talking about the award-winning Belgian-style beers at Brews. Remember to check out our website, brewsbeers.com, for upcoming taproom and special bottle releases. For great Belgian-style beers, it's Brews Beers, 1675 West 67th Avenue in Denver. See you soon. It's my distinct pleasure to introduce you to the Bindery, Eatery, Market, and Bakery. Hi, I'm Chef Linda Hampton fox owner of the Bindery. My life's journey has taken me through Switzerland, France, Italy, and Mexico, and has allowed me to create a menu at the Bindery that I think you'll find truly unique. The Bindery combines a market and bakery with an elevated fine dining experience under the same roof. We are proud at the Bindery to provide artisanal foods made by hand in small batches. Join us in the morning for an award-winning dragonfly coffee, a convenient market lunch, a crafted libation during happy hour, or an intimate dinner in the eatery. And don't forget about our amazing weekend brunch. Conveniently located in the Highland neighborhood at 1817 Central Street. Just exit I-25 on 20th and park in one of our 55 covered free parking spaces. For our menus and all things The Bindery, look us up online at thebinderydenver.com. And remember, food is one of life's great pleasures. And I look forward to you being my next guest. All right, back to uh, Intrepid Sojourner Beer Project momentarily and uh, the fairy gut mother, Carly Smith. But right now, Jeff Rourke in A-plus Beverage Solutions, uh, the most trusted man in our community when it comes to installing tap lines. And he's so well-trusted that folks in uh, San Diego, Jay, he's out there right now doing a project. Yeah, they say, uh, hey, listen, we have a lot of people out here in San Diego that can install tap lines and service them. And so, and they said, uh, yeah, no, we're going to go ahead and fly our guy from Colorado out here, Jeff Rourke. 20 years in the business installing custom tap systems. He does maintenance. He does installations, the build-outs of your dreams. The point is, is that you really need an A-plus on your report card when it comes to installing tap lines, and Jeff Rourke can make your dreams come come true. Uh, Believe me, Jeff Rourke is the guy you want to get a hold of. A-plus beverage solutions. Um, It's when we're at a brewery like tonight, you guys, the brewers want their beer to taste like they brew and intended it to brew. Mm-hmm. And a lot of places, I mean, I don't know if your building's getting older, you haven't done the maintenance, but your beer's coming out tacky and you're losing money. 
uh, with different temperatures on your system and the foam is very heavy. Cheforc has the solutions to all of these things with A-plus beverage solutions. Um, guys, if you're pouring in a fish of beer, what are you doing? You're pouring your money down the drain. Please don't pour your money down the drain. Get a hold of Jeff Rourke and A-plus beverage solutions. He's got a solution for you. 720-272-3809. 720-272-3809. It's Jeff Rourke and A-plus beverage solutions. Justin Brunson, Old Major, you're listening to The Modern Eater on iHeartRadio. All right, yes, indeedy, Mr. Tweedy. Here we are live from the Intrepid Sojourner Beer Project. It's on 8th and Santa Fe in the Santa Fe Arts District. And uh, just so happy to have Jay Parker, Brian Freeman, and Andrew Moore, the proprietor here at Intrepid Sojourner Beer Project. But here's the time that we want the answers. And none better than Carly Smith, our fairy gut mother, who you hear on the Modern Eater Show uh, for many weeks in a row so far. And you'll hear her voice uh, many more times as she takes us through this journey of optimal gut health. Carly, welcome back to the show from Intrepid Sojourner. Hi, thank you for having me. Good to have you. Uh, so many questions. This week it's kind of a question-answer type of thing. Um, I want to start out with my question. Sure. Is beer bad for your gut? <laughs> a lot of people have those beer bellies. Uh, is, is it a beer belly? What is it? I don't it? know if I want the What are we talking about? <laughs> <laughs> and and you're, none better than you, Carly, to be able to answer those questions, and we can always get the truth from you. And I know everything in life is moderation, right? Yeah, definitely. So the way I usually look at this is in, you start out, where is your gut health initially? So... If you have a healed and sealed gut lining and you know you have optimal gut health and beer in moderation is is okay for the gut. Um, I would advise to stay away from beer if you have an overgrowth of that bad bacteria in particular candida which is the yeast because that is um, you know what what the candida feeds off of yeast and um, you know carbohydrates and things that beer is actually made of so it would per- you perpetuate that bad gut health and that yeast that's in a bad direction, right? Exactly. Rather than having that armor built up inside of you to where you can enjoy a delicious craft right. beer. Right, but I did actually read an article recently about how in, I think in Japan, they're trying to create a beer that's good for gut health and something about the hops that they're trying to take that out because that destroys the probiotics and so they're in the process of creating a gut healthy beer. So. Maybe it will be good for gut health. Well, someday. and there Carly is. Yeah. This is Brian Freeman stealing my thunder because I wanted her and Andrew to have a dialogue about do how it. do we make a probiotic beer? Th- what, what could I think happen? We could do it. I mean, they, yeah. they've got Happy Leaf kombucha right. yeah. on the tap. That's good for your gut. Should I just start every beer night with a big glass of Happy Leaf and then uh, and then move right into the beer? Uh, what, what what should we do here? Yeah, I, don't know. I mean, I know Crooked Stave, for example, has made some kombucha uh, beer hybrids. Yes, uh, that they've I've had seen on tap uh, down there. We're actually we are not legally allowed to make any health claims about beer whatsoever. Um, <laughs> so even if we make a probiotic beer, we can't advertise it a probiotic beer. But, but you can say that it right. might be better than the others if you're looking. For I suppose, that. yeah. Uh, yeah. I, I think it's interesting. Gut health is just it's our journey on the Modern Eater Show to promote gut health, and one of the things that. Um, and this is a question posed to you about indigestion. Mm-hmm. You know, a lot of times, and even I'll be the first to admit after a heavy night of drinking or something, that I have 
pretty bad indigestion. Right. Uh, is there a reversal of that, or is there just a how to avoid indigestion? Talk about indigestion. Yeah, so some of the questions that, that I got coming in um, in particular were about indigestion, people taking acid blockers, Pepsid AC, uh, proton pump inhibitors, things that help neutralize the acid levels of the stomach uh, you know, because they're getting indigestion and acid reflux. And, you know, it's most commonly due to not enough stomach acid versus too much stomach wow. acid. So it's usually that misconception. So what you really need to do is start increasing your stomach acid levels. Proton pump inhibitors, you know, acid neutralizers actually further decrease the enzymes in the stomach. So you're not properly digesting your foods. You're still getting foods coming up into your esophagus. You just can't feel it because you're neutralizing it. So you really want to work towards building back those digestive enzymes. You can do that through taking enzymes like a, a hydrochloric acid and pepsin. You can also do that with uh, apple cider vinegar. You can do that with sauerkraut juice. Uh, even bone broth helps stimulate the digestive enzymes as well. Let's face it, if you don't address that problem, it can get much Absolutely. worse and you can get a GI bleed. Absolutely. And a lot of issues like... Uh, you know, gastrointestinal reflux, GERD, or if you're looking at IBS, um, even just overgrowth of bad bacteria, really starts with digestion, that you're not properly digesting your food. You're getting uh, bacteria, uh, toxins in your gut, and that's what where a lot of issues even start. To, to get a more in-depth look at that and talk to you more personally, people can reach out to you for, like I said, a more in-depth look at that. How can people reach you? Yeah, absolutely. So uh, on my website, I have information where people can, can write in and contact me and all of my packages available to work together. Um, but essentially, it's what I'm, I'm doing with all of you guys, the yeah. same thing of, of putting the protocols together and putting in the same information that I'm giving to you guys is about all of these enzymes and things that you can do to help. She's really a spirit guide when it comes to your uh, gut health, very gut mother, Carly Smith. Um, Greg Branding, the website, fairygutmother.com. As we move along, um, there's a lot of other questions that you're getting. I want to just defer this to you sure. uh, to spend the last couple of minutes with you on this show. But as you know, we check in with you on every show. The number one concern and question that you'd like to address right now on the Modern Eater Show. Um, well, I, I would like to answer just you know, some of the questions that came in from people that are listening and, and tuning in sure. and that did take the time to, to message me and, and were curious. Um, and this is an issue that a lot of people I, I see over and over and over again is people have either been vegan or vegetarian for a certain period of time and are interested in maybe incorporating Can meat. I ask you what vegan is first? Vegan? Oh, you said vegan. Vegan. Okay, I thought you said <laughs> um, vegan. I was like, is there something it's new? It's a new one? No. <laughs> no, I'm vegan. At? Okay, it's a new so one. Vegan I, and vegetarian. I eat air. Sorry to interrupt you. <laughs> yeah. No, Helium. Not. Yes. Yeah, that's right. I'm on an all-gas diet. I'm embarrassed. Go ahead, Carly. <laughs> no, you're good. Um, so if they've been vegetarian or vegan and they're interested in sort of incorporating uh, maybe some bone broth or, you know, chicken or fish back into their diet, but they're having adverse reactions. They don't feel well when they're bringing those back into their diet. So they're curious as to why this is happening. A lot of times when you go without having animal fats for a certain period of time, your body stops producing bile, uh, which is needed to help break down the fats. And so it actually can get uh, what they call viscous and uh, kind of like stuck in the system. And so that can cause like, gallbladder attacks and a lot of other issues. 
So it's really important to be taking uh, things that can kind of help to get that bile moving again. You can do that naturally with like beet juice um, is one of the best things that you can do to help support the liver and, and the bile production, as well as pancreatic enzymes. Um, you can get those at the store as well. But that's really important um, because it also leads to an essential fatty acid deficiency if you're not properly breaking down your fats, you're not properly absorbing your fats. So if you've been vegan or vegetarian, that might be something that you want to look into. Jay, you knew all that, right? Every single word of it. Right. No, I, I don't. But Isn't I'll that extremely interesting? It's very interesting, and that's why I'm so excited every time Carly's on the show because I I have a hundred questions for her when yeah. the microphones aren't on because there's not enough time for my stuff. Yeah. I mean, down to like, is my seatbelt too tight when I'm driving around? <laughs> is that causing me, un, you know, uncomfortable? It, it, so it, it's I'll just... answer that one for you. <laughs> no. Yeah, I would say his jeans might be a little too tight, but uh, other than that, uh... Carly, one last one. So let's see, um, the last question we got was about sugar. Um, this is another really common question people ask all the time. Thoughts on sugar, and is fruit even bad? And is that even a bad source Carly, of sugar? Carly, can we hold that one? That deserves a whole okay. segment. Okay. I promise you that we want to do that maybe next week. Can we do sugar? Yeah. Because sugar is one of these things where you get so much information mm -hmm. on each side of the fence. And right. there's a lot of lobbyists that will tell you sugars are great. A lot of people say sugar has no place in your life. So I want to hang on to that. But I also want to encourage people to go interact on the Fairy Gut Mother's Facebook page and ask her sure. questions because she'll be there to answer them for you. you. Carly Smith, thank you yep. so much thank again right me. here. She's the best. Greg, I want to throw out too, go to themoderneater.com and read her articles yes. that she has on there because they have, that's, all the information is there too. Oh, uh, side note, last night and any night that I'm dealing with a carcass of a chicken, I just baked a delicious chicken, all I do is simply turn on a pot of water, throw that carcass of chicken in there, and I'm making bone broth That's awesome. all the time. That's what Jay's going to do next. Yeah, it's, I'm on, she made me buy a crock pot. Step ahead of you. All right. Thank you, Carly. We'll come back. These guys catered the show for this evening. We are live from Intrepid Sojourner Beer Project in the kitchen. We'll spend it with Barbed Wire Food Truck in Cesar. Beltran, huh? Yeah, that's pretty good. Cesar. Yeah, that's pretty good. It's going to come up next and talk about his food truck that's sitting outside right now as we speak. You can come uh, join us for delicious barbed wire food truck food. And that's next on the Modern Eater Show on iHeartRadio. Choose your path through Cyberland. Don't forget to check us out on Instagram and Facebook for all the fun photos and videos. Just search the Modern Eater or check out the website. TheModernEater.com Hi, I'm Andrew Moore, brewmaster at the Intrepid Sojourner Beer Project. At Intrepid Sojourner, beer tells a story inspired by my adventures as a well-traveled archaeologist. My recipes draw inspiration from all over the world, from historical styles like satis, grazers, and kvass, to adjunct beers inspired by flavors from international cuisines. My beers broaden the horizons of what beer can be. Explore basil IPA and Turkish coffee stout. Enjoy chai brown ale, taste lavender tripel, and the distinct horchata milk stout. Thoughtfully sourced spices and herbs enhance flavors inherent to indigenous beer styles. My sincere hope is that Intrepid Sojourner Beer Project will inspire adventure and wanderlust. Come visit the tap room and share your tales with friends and plan your next sojourn. Located at 925 West 8th Avenue in the heart of the Arts District on Santa Fe. For everything Intrepid, look us up online at sojournerbeers.com 
and remember to drink globally, locally. Hey, it's Greg Holland back for Gluten-Free Things. Are you intolerant or sensitive to gluten? Or maybe you're a gluten-free lifestyler? Is your menu limited because you've eliminated gluten from your diet? Are you missing the taste of foods that traditionally contain gluten? What if I told you that you can add breads, pizzas, muffins, cakes, cookies, waffles, croissants, English muffins, the list goes on right back to your menu. Gluten-Free Things is a local gluten-free and vegan bakery that reintroduces you to the foods you love. Owner John Irvin believes gluten-free shouldn't taste like the box that it's packaged in. Trust me when I tell you the products from his bakery in Arvada are fresh, flavorful, and masterly crafted, leaving you with a product that tastes like the real thing. Simply delicious. The bakery is located in Arvada on 64th and Sims across the street from Arvada West High School. Check out their website at glutenfreethings.com. You'll be amazed with the variety of gluten-free products they make. And chefs, don't leave your gluten-free restaurant guests without options. Contact John at info at glutenfreethings.com. That's info at glutenfreethings.com to see what he can do for you. Give him a shot. 11651 West 64th Avenue in Arvada. It's gluten-free things. Hey, Colorado, this is Brian Freeman, owner of Growers Organic and a host on the Modern Eater Talk Show. Growers Organic is a Colorado sourcing company who provides Colorado's greatest chefs with the best organic produce. I've been partnering with local and regional farms for the last 20 years, and our returning customers know they can count on us over and over again. Chefs who receive the highest rating on Good Food 100 choose Growers Organic for their organic produce needs because we're experts at bridging the gap between the farm and the table. Join us in the organic revolution and go organic with Growers Organic. Look us up online at growersorganic.com. Whose cuisine reigns supreme? show the ultimate gourmet challenge and it's time for in the kitchen brought to you by gluten-free things a dedicated gluten-free and vegan bakery in arvana tonight's cuisine that reigns supreme it'll be bob wire reef food truck and they're here live at the intrepid sojourner beer project on 8th and santa fe and joining us from the food truck is cesar beltran and we have to welcome you to the show. How are you, sir? Thank you. Very good. Thank you for having us. Uh, the provisions that you put out for us here tonight, they're delicious. But your menu, when I look at it, uh, guys, Brian, you're eating right now. Oh, it's uh, totally unassuming, his menu. I love it. Jay does. What did you say about Jay right now? I was surprised even Jay is not doing his usual midnight snack. He's eating here. <laughs> Ed Intrepid well, Sojourner. Uh, well, listen, uh, with Barbed Wire uh, Reef Food Truck, when they put out a uh, uh, kangaroo burger, how can how can you not take a few bites of that and see what's going on? And I'll tell you this much, too. It's delicious. Cesar, how do you describe your menu and your offerings? So, I mean, we're mainly known for wild game meats. Yeah. That is our slogan, Barbed Wire Reef, where wild decisions are made. I love it. So we've been around since 2011. Rico, which is the owner, he's out of town right now. He's the one that put this menu together. He wanted something unique, very different. He started first in Vail and wanted to come down to the big city. And yeah, he just started browsing around, you know, for different kind of meats, and this is what this is what he came up with. Let's let's do this, Caesar. Seeing as how you're saying it's a, it's a wild game menu and it's on wheels, you know, which is uh, rare and unique for a food truck right, to have wild game. Why don't you just run through what what you brought for us so people know what we're looking at, what we're what we're trying? All right, so I brought a couple of different burgers. One of our number one burgers, I would say, is going to be the kangaroo burger. 
We do is that course. what you just had, Jay? Yeah. And, and it's yeah. medium, too, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. It looks delicious. You have to eat it medium. It's very low in fat, so it's very, very gamey mm-hmm. at times. Depends on... The, and we do source it from Australia, so it does take a little time to get those kind of meat sometimes. But it's awesome. My favorite is going to be the camel. I just had that. That's what which, it's in front of yep, us. I'm, I'm waiting for Jay to share the kangaroo, but there's a camel, my friend. Do you mind biting off of my bite? Would you do that, or you want a new thing? Here, you take hey. a bite off of my hump, there, baby, and I'll take a bite <laughs> off of your. Uh, I'll take a bite off your bite. You I mean, know, I, I don't mind. With yes. limited time, I really want to hear about the food truck, you guys. Tell, sorry, yeah, say tell us. No, sorry, Cesar. Sorry. So yeah, the camel is going to be a little more sweeter than a buffalo in a way. Yeah. That's the only thing you can compare it to. It's really popular too. Uh, a little more fatty, so nice little juicy burger. And then another thing that I brought for you guys, the rattlesnake bratwurst with the onions and the sauerkraut. Oh, man, I that hate will, snakes, but I love to eat them. Oh, yeah. That will cut <laughs> anybody's attention. So. And then another one that is very, very popular. This was our first sandwich that we created. It's a wild boar pulled boar uh, chipotle barbecue sandwich. Whoa. We cook it for 14 hours, slow cook. And there's a lot of things that we put to it, but it has an amazing flavor. Which so that, is, that was our first sandwich that we started with. Jay's, we started with three sandwiches. This is one of them. Jay's the guy that never eats, and for him to eat the food and so willingly, it speaks testaments to oh, what you're you. doing right thank there. You. Uh, well, and, and I would, and this is Brian Freeman here. I would tell everyone that the reality, no one should be shy about any of this meat. You know, you, I just ate that, uh, had a bite of that camel burger. You couldn't have told me that that wasn't. A grass-fed cow, you yeah. know, um, the rattlesnake brought, awesome, incredible. Um, yeah, everything. They had some sweet potato fries on the table. Yeah, those are our Parmesan truffle yeah. sweet potato fries. Let's spend the so. last thirty seconds of promoting you. Where can people find you? How can they look you up online? And uh, just kind of your food truck uh, route. So the best way to find us is social media. You know, Bar Wire Food yeah. Trucks on Follow Instagram. You. Or Facebook, give us a follow. We have a monthly schedule, and we post daily where we're going to be at. We also have a website. You can see, you can look, I mean, two months in advance. And we have a restaurant coming up, so super excited. We've been looking. Mm -hmm. I'll be your first customer, my man. You guys are doing Hopefully, she'll be open by August. It's on the Highlands, 30th in Tennyson. Yeah. You're familiar with that area. Cesar Beltran, uh, you did a great job representing the company tonight. Thank you. I think you might even get a little bit jealous. Uh, No need (laughs) because it's a team sport, right? It is. We're all in it together. Bob Wire Reef Food Truck. Barbed Wire Reef Food Truck. Look them up online. Thank you so much, dude. Thank you so much amazing, for having us. Yeah. Amazing, amazing. Thank you, Caesar. Thank you. You've got some new groupies. Thank you. All right. Yeah, look forward to seeing you guys again. Yeah. Up next, Travis Rupp, Rupp, beer archaeologist, Avery, Avery Brewing Company, the claim to fame. Andrew Moore sticking around. It is an anniversary party from the Intrepid Sojourner Beer Project. We'll be back in a flash. Greg Holland back, Jay Parker, the Modern Eater Show on iHeartRadio. How about a bite to eat? It's time for the second course, hour number two of The Modern Eater. What are you hungry for? Here's to a meal we're all here for. Delicious and tasty. Now we're getting to the good stuff. With your hosts, Greg Hollenbeck, Jay Parker, and Brian Freeman. We continue on The Modern Eater Show. This is where we get together every Saturday evening at 6 p.m. to talk about the finer things in life. Food, beverage, local, sourcing, the things that matter to you as the consumer. And we hope to highlight everything that you possibly could want out of a show like this. 
It's you and me. We're together again. It is the Modern Eater Show on iHeartRadio. Greg Hollenbach, Jay Parker, and Brian Freeman broadcasting live from the Intrepid Sojourner Beer Project. Uh, we're in full swing for the anniversary party here on 8th and Santa Fe. As we bring back to the show right now, proprietor and head brewer of Intrepid Sojourner Beer Project, Andrew Moore. What a great night tonight, Andrew. No, this is fantastic. So much fun. Yeah. I mean, as you grow it as a brewery, you begin to meet friends. You begin to meet people that come in here on a daily yeah. uh, that you may see once a week, every single day, once a month. But it's a cheers to you, my friend, right now. No, it's wonderful. I'm so thankful for everybody that's turned out and make this evening our first birthday so memorable. It wouldn't have been possible without our great staff, without uh, Ben Gettinger, who's on here earlier, um, without my supportive wife. So we're super happy to be here uh, one year in. Super happy to have you guys here one year in. Thank you, man. Brian, Jay, just jump in. Um, as we've gotten to know these guys, Oh, I'll tell you, Andrew is one of the most genuine guys you'd ever sit and have a beer with. His knowledge, it, it's its fun because you can sit there and poke all kinds of questions and holes in anything that he has, and he defends himself in a way that's from a, a level of education. It's his, his beer speaks for itself. Passion. Yeah, I, I mean, what he puts together in a keg on a daily basis... I, I don't think many can step up to the level that he has stepped up. And uh, that's why I'm interested to talk with our friend today, Travis, because uh, Travis has done some great things. He's also a beer archaeologist. And um, I love it because I feel like what we've got sitting across the table from us tonight is two powerhouses in the beer-making world. There's the setup right there, Travis Rupp. They gave him a great title, and I think it's my dream job and everybody else's as a little kid. He's a beer archaeologist, and I think he really just enjoys um, beer and its background, where it came from, how you can emulate those styles of beer throughout the ages, and how you can use those styles of beer to create modern age beers. From Avery Brewing Company, Travis Rupp joins us right now on the Modern Eater Show. How are you, Travis? I'm great, guys. Thank you very much for having me on. Thank you, Andrew, for the invite as well. This is great. Great no, party tonight. Sad. Yeah. It's, it's No matter how cool you think you are, <laughs> there's always, and I think I'm pretty cool, but there's always... <laughs> Here comes Travis. There's always somebody doing cooler stuff. Than yeah. And Travis is a good friend of mine uh, who's doing cooler stuff. Uh, so, Travis, as we begin, and I wanted to, I said to Andrew, we have to spend a half an hour with you because okay. these are all the things we want to talk about. Sure. Um, I look at Andrew as a brewer who's not afraid. Fear can strike you in this business to do what everybody else is doing and not try and just emulate them, but to do it a little bit better. But to take it beyond that and push the envelope to where I'm not going to try and really emulate what you're doing, but I'm going to cut new road, and I'm going to give you some flavors and some spices that may be indigenous to different regions of the world and create recipes. Talk about Andrew for a second, would yeah. you, Travis? Yeah, yeah. for talk sure. Me, I mean, please. I can I yeah. talk about Andrew for a long time. So <laughs> I've known Andrew for a long time. We actually uh, first met back when he was in grad school with my wife um, at CU Boulder. And we started homebrewing together back then, and we homebrewed together for a long time. 
Uh, and one of the cool things about working with Andrew back then, too, was always uh, we were just kind of doing it for our own imbibing, you know, drinking a little too much on a Saturday night on yeah. our own. Uh, but uh, there was always that, that portion of experimentation that he was pushing forward. One of the coolest things that I love to see live now at Intrepid Sojourner is the Turkish beer uh, uh, that he has put on and the project he's worked on for so long with that. Because I still remember the very first time yeah. when we were homebrewing and you brought that back from Turkey, this Turkish coffee. And he's like, hey, let's try to make a beer with this. And, uh, it, and he did. And it was awesome. I mean, it was a great beer, um, super flavorful. And the fact that when he was getting ready to open this brewery, um, after I had gone on to work for Avery, I knew that was going to be one of the flagship beers you know, putting on. And it's one of them. It was so cool to see that beer on, on tap at Stout Month up in the in the Mountain Sun, Southern Sun uh, chain that was going on. And people had recognized it already for a brewery that's only one year old, which is awesome. I mean, the, the kind of success he's had already one year in is great. And then the fact that he won that medal at World Beer Cup, you know, just what, a week or two ago for the experimental yeah, category seriously. of all things. Yeah. You know, I mean, that's just really awesome. That's a testament to where he's willing to take it to that next level, to continue to push that experimentation. That's why we've known each other, worked together for so long in the beer industry. It's awesome. So in personal conversations that I've had with Andrew, he speaks so highly about you, Travis. <laughs> and you, Andrew. I think I think it's really one of those things to where um, Andrew... Talk about Travis for a minute. Yeah, absolutely. Like, well, I, I feel like ours, Travis is one of those people I hope I grow up to be. Um, I mean, Travis is doing... You better hurry up. I, I was, <laughs> yeah. It's just because I'm an old man, that's <laughs> why, right? Yeah. <laughs> but, no, I mean, what, what Travis has been able to do, sort of pushing the boundaries of uh, what we know about beer, um, has been uh, really eye-opening. There's not a lot of scholarship out there about ancient beer, um, and the scholarship that has been out there has been very piecemeal or it's been sort of tied up in what we'd like to believe about ancient beer, mostly that it was all wine. But like, so Travis is really, I think, one of these amazing pioneers uh, to go back and, and look at the text, look at the history, uh, to work with monks from monks in Italy to archaeologists in South America uh, to now researching projects here locally in Golden, Colorado, um, and recreate this history of, the, of his beer. And it's been fascinating to watch. I was just up on Thursday. They released a, a, a new beer uh, based on uh, archaeological evidence coming out of the Levant and Fertile Crescent region. And it was so cool to have this beer with pomegranates and frankincense and myrrh and walnuts and honey. And I'm... I'm I think it's awesome that Avery has taken this step and in, in invested in Travis to allow him to do this. Because uh, you know, we just, all the information that we can get out of him, uh, we want we want to know it. We want to learn about beer. Thanks, Tra man. Yeah. yeah. Travis Rupp, Avery Brewing Company, they call you a beer archaeologist. How'd you get into the business? Sure. Uh, it's good. That's a really good question, a good journey. I mean, uh, I uh, dabbled in some things. I mean, I, I still teach up at CU Boulder, but I went to grad school in the same program Andrew did and, uh, and my wife did. And uh, when I got out, obviously what we got degrees in, classical archaeology, there aren't a lot of jobs in that. Uh, <laughs> How are we going to make money? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> and uh, a lot of us got yeah, out looking for Are we going to be a here. teacher? Or? <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> and uh, I was fortunate enough to, uh, to get hired back just teaching a couple classes a semester in Greek and Roman art. But um, 
You know, I, I realized I'd spent a lot of time in academia, going from the University of Iowa to Notre Dame and then to CU Boulder. I had uh, pretty much spent about 12 years in college um, getting various degrees. Knew that trying to get into the real world sector was going to be a little challenging because everybody sees you as kind of just an academic, you know. Um, so I actually originally right out the door uh, tried to get a job at Avery. Uh, I just really respected what they did. Uh, and they pretty much shooed me away and said, yeah, dude, go get some real world experience. I mean, your head's in a book right now. And so I went off and um, I worked uh, some other jobs, some random jobs, worked for Apple for a couple of years. And then my girlfriend, who is now my wife, so that all worked out great. Uh, <laughs> she was the one that actually said, you know, it's not about how much money you make. You want, you just want to experiment. You want to be creative. You want to uh, and dig into things kind of like Andrew said. Try to look for stuff that people aren't working on. And she said, you, you've got two passions. You love the ancient world and you love beer. And I've been homebrewing since, we'll be quiet on this one, since I was 19. Uh, when my dad bought me my first homebrew kit way back at the age of 19, for my 19th birthday, actually. My dad's a cool guy. Um, and he had spent a lot of time um, making wine and mead. He's a honey farmer in Iowa. And so um, I've always been curious about it, but I knew I was going to have to take a, a pretty big plunge because it's it's hard to get into the beer industry. Andrew, I'm sure, yeah. has already spoken about that, and you can speak even well, more to it. You, you told me one at one point that Avery gets like... 2,500 applications for every taproom position they Yeah, it, used, it definitely like used to be that way. Back in the day, we only had the old, Avery's move now to a bigger location, but when we were at the small little location off of 55th in Boulder, there were only 10 people that worked in the taproom, and it was just this huge stack of stuff. We'd get hundreds daily of applications to try to work in the taproom there, and so my uh, my wife, girlfriend at the time said, I don't care what you got to do, just get your foot in the door. So we returned from like a, a little a little vacation and I went into Avery and said, I'm going to apply for a bartender position. And I about watched the manager fall over because he knew my background. I'd been teaching at CU. So you sure you want to do this? And I said, yeah, sure. I, I really want to do this. I really want to get into beer. Um, and they hired me. And since then, uh, I've worked through the system pretty quickly. I was... Uh, Moved into production within about 10 months, um, was a packaging uh, supervisor, ran the bottling line at Avery for about three years, and then about two and a half years ago, they pulled me into the experimentation team uh, to work on all of our barrel aging uh, stuff and then, and then new beers. And then about, um, about six months into that, um, they asked me to take over the program. And so I run all of our barrel program, all of the innovation for Avery. And then um, in, the mid in the midst of that, I've been doing a lot of research on ancient beer and I was uh, our production managers would ask me to do presentations at our production meetings being uh, just on history they're like well you're a teacher you can teach us about history it's like well yeah perfect you know? segue yeah can we pause there <laughs> uh, I'll tell you what so when you're overqualified for your industry but underqualified for an industry you'd like to be in uh, those are the steps that you have to take and that's the story of Travis Rupp Beer Archaeologist, uh, the title that Avery Brewing Company gave him. And I'm sure we all have questions to ask him. Uh, myself, Greg Hollenbach, Jay Parker, Brian Freeman, at Intrepid Sojourner Beer Project, along with Andrew Moore, their own beer archaeologist. The next segment's going to be a conversation about beer. Absolutely. What do you say <laughs> about beer? Yeah. And then uh, 7.30 on 6.30 KHOW, Emily Fletcher's going to come up. We had a great week. 
Uh, Emily Nunbetter, she's our food editor for TheModernEater.com and also our lead writer. We've got to catch up with her and Kyle Moyer and Booze in the News. Brian, it's a good night here. I'm having a blast. Great food and the beer. I'm getting exposed to a lot of new stuff. And yep. it's always nice to see Andrew and Ben and, uh, and then make new friends yes. as well here. Do you have questions for Travis as we come up into oh, the next Oh, yes, segment? I do. I'll bet oh, you yes, do. Yes, I do. What about you, huh, Jay? <laughs> uh, yeah, old beer, man. I'm down. <laughs> Let's talk about it. All right, beer. It's past and it's future. None better than these two guys, Travis Rupp and Andrew Moore, together again right here, <laughs> live from Intrepid Sojourner Beer Project. It is the Modern Eater Show on iHeartRadio. If you're hyper-local and you like food, click and taste the Modern Eater's website, videos, pictures. It is good. Food and drink blogs from the best in the business. And don't forget to watch their latest prize giveaway video to themoderneater.com. It's my distinct pleasure to introduce you to the Bindery, eatery, market, and bakery. Hi, I'm Chef Linda Hampston Fox, owner of the Bindery. My life's journey has taken me through Switzerland, France, Italy, and Mexico, and has allowed me to create a menu at the bindery that I think you'll find truly unique. The bindery combines a market and bakery with an elevated fine dining experience under the same roof. We are proud at the bindery to provide artisanal foods made by hand in small batches. Join us in the morning for an award-winning dragonfly coffee, a convenient market lunch, a crafted libation during happy hour, or an intimate dinner in the eatery. And don't forget about our amazing weekend brunch. Conveniently located in the Highland neighborhood at 1817 Central Street. Just exit I-25 on 20th and park in one of our 55 covered free parking spaces. For our menus and all things The Bindery, look us up online at thebinderydenver.com. And remember, food is one of life's great pleasures. And I look forward to you being my next guest. Hi, this is Charlie Gottenkenny, brewmaster at Brews Beers. Spring is here, and it's time to check out our spring lineup of Belgian-style ales. We have classic Belgian styles like doubles and triples, quads, wit beers, and Belgian IPAs, plus spring seasonals, fruit beers, wild beers, and barrel-aged specialties. All of our beers are handcrafted in small batches and served fresh. Brews Beers is in Midtown at 67th and Pecos. We're open seven days a week with great food trucks every day and loads of free parking. We're even dog-friendly. And if you're planning a business or private event, we'll host it for you and make it a memorable experience. Find out why everyone's talking about the award-winning Belgian-style beers at Brews. Remember to check out our website, brewsbeers.com, for upcoming taproom and special bottle releases. For great Belgian-style beers, it's Brews Beers, 1675 West 67th Avenue in Denver. See you soon. Hi, I'm Charlie Gottenkenny. We all love Belgian beer. Brewmaster at Brews Beers. What the f***'s wrong with you? <laughs> You're listening to the Modern Eater Show on iHeartRadio. I'm loving it. We're here live from Intrepid Sojourner Beer Project. It's their first anniversary, and it seems like they've been around for decades. <laughs> I'll tell you what. Greg Hollenbach, Jay Parker, Brian Freeman coming back in, putting his headset on because the beer is flowing right here in the Santa Fe Arts District. And um, just a pleasure. As uh, myself, Greg Hollenbach, Jay Parker, Brian Freeman, Andrew Moore rejoins us, the brewer here at Intrepid Sojourner. And uh, Travis, uh, Travis Rupp beer archaeologist Avery Brewing Company. I want to open up this to everybody, but if I could start the conversation of re recreating beers of times of age. You know, people want to, like, what was Jesus' wine? How could we recreate it? 
other types of beers, you know, you look at the IPAs that came out and, and its journey to development. Um, were beers really actually any good back in the day? Were they gross? Would you even want to duplicate or recreate that type of archaic beer? Sure. Great, great question. And it's a question I get asked pretty frequently is, you know, was it any good? You know, would, and did they know what they were doing? And um, when I started the project in September of 2016 to start, we have a series now called Ales of Antiquity. So we just released our seventh one that Andrew is at the dinner for on Thursday night. And when I first started it, um, one, I didn't expect the populace to be so interested in the topic, but they were pretty quickly. It was clear that I needed to make more of these because people were thriving for that information. But I also just didn't know how it was going to turn out. I'm like, this could be a total flop. Um, talking to the powers that be at Avery, I mean, it, luckily I was in a position to do a lot of innovation and I could do almost anything I wanted, but I was still like, you know, are you guys okay with me trying this? Because it might be terrible. I might end up having to dump it or destroy it, you know? Um, they were like, okay, yeah, that's fine. Go for it. You know, give it a shot. I mean, you finally got your opening to give it a go. And uh, the first beer we created was Nestor's Cup, which was an ancient Mycenaean beer dated to about 1350 BCE. I spent about three years researching the beer. My wife and I spent some time in Turkey and Greece doing research on it to try to recreate the beer. Shockingly, it was extremely tasty to the, to the degree that people have asked me to recreate it many times, and I just haven't had the time yet because I keep doing these other projects. And continuing with the beers, um, of the seven we've done, each one, I might kind of have an idea what it's going to turn out like, but we often use such weird ingredients or such weird methods of fermentation it could totally just tank and not work out. As a follow-up yeah. question, can I ask you, you know, as a traditional archaeologist, you're uncovering artifacts to gain more knowledge of, of that era mm -hmm. of time. As a beer archaeologist, your number one mission, and please correct me because I'm a novice, is uncovering yeast strains. Sure. I mean, absolutely. I mean, you would be looking for things like that, and there's some difficulty in that. I mean, um, one of the Beers, one of the last beers we did, we did two of them um, called Benedictus Inertia uh, that we brought, uh, that I did a lot of research on. They're ancient monastic beers. And um, I actually went over to Italy and ended up spending a significant amount of time over the course of last May, um, just a year ago, with these, because I actually missed Andrew's opening because I was living with monks in Italy. Um, so he was okay with that because he's like, that's pretty cool. Yeah, I didn't uh, but, get any of that beer, though. I'm a little <laughs> upset about that. I, it's coming back because I got another batch on the way. Those did really well, so we're re-releasing them. But um, I was looking for some of these ancient yeast strains, you know. And uh, When you say looking for them, how do you find them? What are you looking for? Where do you go? Yeah, it's difficult. I mean, like with, with some of the other, like Dogfish Head, uh, for example, you know, out in Delaware, they, they had a, an ancient ale series back in the day, and they did a few things. And if you talk to Sam, uh, the owner there, he'll tell you that you really, it's hard to, you can't really resurrect some of these yeasts. So you'll run around with just an open container basically in Cairo, trying to collect Egyptian yeast with the presumption that it's fairly similar to what occurred some 2,000, 3,000 years ago. And it's probably somewhat similar, but it's not going to be exactly the same. What we did with the ancient monastic beers was uh, the, the, the monastery I was at had a brewery attached to it, and they have a fairly old yeast strain that's been transferred between Belgium and, and Italy fairly regularly. They don't know exactly how old it is, but some of the estimates that we're getting were maybe 300 years, maybe 400 years, maybe 600 years. And so I 
brought some of it back, uh, which is was an interesting experience because um, trying to get that through customs is tough. Uh, How do you bring it back? It's not like taking a little bit of weed out of Colorado in a bag. It, it is definitely not. So <laughs> they had uh, while I was there, they we had recently um, packaged some of their beer, and uh, they do wild firm or they do basically bottle conditioning, so the yeast is still alive in the bottles. So they gave me eight bottles of this beer that had still living yeast in it. And uh, they're little 33 centiliter bottles. So if you add it up, it's about the equivalent of two bottles of wine. So I'm thinking, oh, I'm good. I can get this through customs, no problem. So we got to New York. And NYPD pulled me out of line. They're giving me the, the whole... You know, liquids, the whole, man. Oh, liquids. <laughs> I know. They're like, what is this? What is this hazy stuff? This ain't good. And this is going on. And I'm like... Damn, I'm gonna lose this. They're yeah. gonna confiscate my stuff, or confiscate my stuff. And what was really funny, um, as the monks would say, um, because I emailed Father Martin after I left about this, they said God was watching over me because that's the only way I got it through. For some reason, two gates down, a fight broke out at at customs, yeah. and the cop who was checking me through ran over to help out. I packed up all my stuff and just walked right out of there. And, nobody t- and that's the only reason that yeast strain is in this country right story. now. Yeah, it's so good. It's Travis, good. Brian Freeman here. I've got yeah. a question for yeah. you that, that I'm really interested about. It's just temperature. Sure. Because obviously there was no refrigeration a thousand oh, sure. years ago. Yeah. And, um, I, and you know, born the IPA. Ev- yeah. And everyone drinks cold beer in the sure. U.S. You know, I, I've traveled in Europe where they drink it at more of a 50-degree temperature mm-hmm. than what we're doing over here. But what do you think that they were doing a 1,000 years ago, and would you guys ever try to serve a beer at room temperature? Sure, question. sure that's that's an excellent question. I mean, in, in regards to temperature, yes, we would we would go that to that extent to serve it at room temp. I mean, some of the stuff Andrew was experiencing on Thursday night, it, it is at room temp after, after it's sat on the table for just a little bit, and we give them so many samples with the expectation that it will come up to room temp, and they'll experience it the way the ancients would have. Yeah, it's probably almost like experiencing scotch and whiskey. Sure. Like when you know how to drink it. Yep, absolutely. Uh, it's right there. Yep, absolutely. Where your tastes almost demand that. Yes. Andrew, take it away for a couple of minutes, would you? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, the thing I'm always bugging Travis about uh, is, is it actually beer? Because, I mean, we have all of these, I mean, we have this kind of understanding, right, that beer is this, this malt-based beverage and that has a legal definition for someone who runs a brewery uh, or someone who lives in Germany in the 16th century with the Reinheitsgebot, like, this is beer. And, and like, when we look at, at um, a beer like the one you presented to us on Thursday, and it's this kind of interesting grain-wine hybrid, yeah. it's like, well, is it beer? Should we call it beer? Um, Has the lexicon changed? Should we sure. change the way we talk about old alcoholic beverages? Yeah, and, and I, I think definitely to what Andrew's saying is I, I definitely think we should. I mean, you could even meld kind of Brian's question what Andrew's Was saying. Was it will at yeah, the it, time? Exactly. I mean, because part of it was like with Brian, what he's asking with the temperature side of it, it's... <laughs> Uh, with the with the temperature side of things, um, yeah, they're drinking stuff really quickly, so they don't care if it gets a little warm. But that does kind of wrap into that corpus of what Andrew's talking about, that we do need to change the corpus on what is beer. I mean, one of the things I was presenting on Thursday, recreating this ancient Israeli beer, basically, that was inspired by the Dead Sea Scrolls exhibit at Denver Museum of Nature and Science, because I'm a consultant for them, so I, I do some work for them. And... Um, 
Yeah, I mean, this we have, we're un, in Colorado in particular. We have very re- re- restricted and rigid laws about if you put any kind of uh, grain in anything, it's beer. If you put cereals in it, it is it is designated beer. And we as brewers, Andrew and I, we're not allowed to make wine because we don't have a, 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 a license for it. But we can make wine beer hybrids as long as it's only 49% grapes to 51% cereals, you know. And you only supply 1.5% of the alcohol from the. That's exactly right, yeah, Yeah. which is impossible to actually. Actually, you know, measure. I'm glad to know but that Avery <laughs> thinks that too. <laughs> yes, it I don't is. Know how to do oh it. no, we, we can't. And, you know, and it and it's not possible. But and so looking at some of these ancient um, these ancient contexts for it with this ancient Israeli biblical beer, I think what they were doing was the exact opposite. You read all of these texts from the Tanakh or the Old Testament or the Christian tradition, and they tell you that it's wine, wine, wine. Everything's translated as wine. And there's one term that kept getting thrown around called shakar. And I did a lot of research on it, traced it back some 2,000, 2,500 years before and in the Akkadian language. They called it beer, but the Israelis called it wine. And I think it was because they were putting grapes in it. It's the exact opposite. You put grapes in anything, it's wine, no matter what the cereal level was. And so I think there's a lot to be redone with it. I also think that the ancients... They were way smarter than we think they are. Just because we have all the flashy technology, we're probably dumber than they were because they were having to figure it out on their own. And as a result, uh, they were making stuff that was palatable. Everything we've re- re- we've resurrected or recreated so far, pretty damn tasty. As it, as it goes full circle to our first question that we yep. asked you, yep. um, and I think that that's remarkable. As time expires here, I'd like you, uh, Travis Rupp, Avery Brewing Company to just take one minute, please, and talk about Avery. Sure. Thank you very much. I mean, yeah, Avery Brewing Company, we're up in uh, we're up in North Boulder, up in the Gum Barrel District, and we've actually been around for 25 years. Uh, we celebrate our 25th anniversary this August. Uh, come June 9th, we've got a big Avery Invitational where we, we're inviting breweries from all over the world to come in and pour beer um, at our Invitational. So it's been a pleasure to work for them. Avery is phenomenally experimental. It's what got us on the market a long time ago. Adam Avery and Larry Avery, our owners, they were all about experimentation and pushing the limits. And luckily, they decided to bring me in to continue to push push those limitations and experiment. Um, you ever get a chance, come up and check us out. Come ask for me if you're in the place. I would love to sit down and have a beer with you. Thank you, Fine Sir, for taking us to school. Yes. Thank you. Thanks oh, for having me on. Oh, my goodness. I mean, that was about the best half hour of programming you could ever expect. And, and Greg, I told him yeah. after 10 minutes yeah. on the phone earlier this afternoon yeah. when he did a lot of yeah. what he just I said, so you have nothing to talk about. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not taking your uh, title of most no. interesting man in the world away, Andrew. Yeah, to this but right here. there's yeah. a, the most yeah. interesting man in the world. There's a reason why I want to be him right when I grow up. Yeah, As they say, Greg, he's got game. Yeah. yeah. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you so much, sir. My pleasure. I appreciate Absolutely it. Absolutely my pleasure. The most interesting woman in the world. Up next, Emily Fletcher, our food editor and lead writer of TheModernEater.com. All the information that you could ever want on TheModernEater.com. And Emily, make sure that it comes true. Um, again, I'm just, it's like we could pack up shop right now, mm-hmm. turn it off after Travis, but we've yeah. got 
even more well, special programming more for you. Oh, yeah. and I would disagree, Greg. I could spend another two hours with both yeah. Travis and well, Andrew. Hey, listen, on that questions. note, Travis, can we have you back for and we'll extend that time? Absolutely. We'll just give this show to you, man. Absolutely. I'd love to. I, I think you just let me know. You're an amazing man. Thank I'll you, tell sir. You what. Appreciate that. Thank you for your travels and your experience and Absolutely. being able to have the uh, – Wit to articulate yourself, right? <laughs> thank, thank you very much. <laughs> yes, so much fun. Okay, Emily Fletcher, she's up next right here. The Modern Eater Show, live from Intrepid Sojourner Beer Project, right here on the Modern Eater Show on iHeartRadio. If you're hyper-local and you like food, Eat it. click and taste the Modern Eater's website, videos, pictures. It is good. Food and drink blogs from the best in the business. And don't forget to watch their latest prize giveaway video to themoderneater.com. Hey, it's Greg Holland back for Gluten-Free Things. Are you intolerant or sensitive to gluten? Or maybe you're a gluten-free lifestyler? Is your menu limited because you've eliminated gluten from your diet? Are you missing the taste of foods that traditionally contain gluten? What if I told you that you can add breads, pizzas, muffins, cakes, cookies, waffles, croissants, English muffins, the list goes on right back to your menu. Gluten-Free Things is a local gluten-free and vegan bakery that reintroduces you to the foods you love. Owner John Irvin believes gluten-free shouldn't taste like the box that it's packaged in. Trust me when I tell you the products from his bakery in Arvada are fresh, flavorful, and masterly crafted, leaving you with a product that tastes like the real thing. Simply delicious. The bakery is located in Arvada on 64th and Sims across the street from Arvada West High School. Check out their website at glutenfreethings.com. You'll be amazed with the variety of gluten-free products they make. And chefs, don't leave your gluten-free restaurant guests without options. Contact John at info at glutenfreethings.com. That's info at glutenfreethings.com to see what he can do for you. Give him a shot. 11651 West 64th Avenue in Arvada. It's gluten-free things. Hi, I'm Andrew Moore, brewmaster at the Intrepid Sojourner Beer Project. At Intrepid Sojourner, beer tells a story inspired by my adventures as a well-traveled archaeologist. My recipes draw inspiration from all over the world, from historical styles like satis, grazers, and kvass, to adjunct beers inspired by flavors from international cuisines. My beers broaden the horizons of what beer can be. Explore basil IPA and Turkish coffee stout. Enjoy chai brown ale, taste lavender tripel, and the distinctive horchata milk stout. Thoughtfully source spices and herbs, enhance flavors inherent to indigenous beer styles. My sincere hope is that Intrepid Sojourner Beer Project will inspire adventure and wanderlust. Come visit the tap room and share your tales with friends and plan your next sojourn. Located at 925 West 8th Avenue in the heart of the Arts District on Santa Fe. For everything Intrepid, Look us up online at SojournerBeers.com, and remember to drink globally, locally. All right, we talk often about foam is money, and we can testify to that. Uh, cut down on your foam and make more money with Jeff Rourke and A-Plus Beverage Solutions. 20 years in the business installing custom tap systems. He's going to make your dreams reality, and as Jeff Rourke and A-Plus Beverage Solutions, um, he's going to give you an A-Plus on your report card. You link up with him, he's going to tell you all the troubleshooting things that he needs to do to make sure you're as profitable and the beer is tasting just like the brewer intends. Because as we say, fellas, what does foam cost you? Cost you money, and you don't want to pour it down the drain. Don't pour your money down the drain. Get a hold of Jeff Rock and A-Plus Beverage Solutions. Call him up. 720-272-3809. 
720-272-3809. It's Jeff Rourke in A-plus Beverage Solutions. Justin Brunson, Old Major. You're listening to The Modern Eater on iHeartRadio. All right, let's get at it. Right now on The Modern Eater Show, we're broadcasting live from Intrepid Sojourner Beer Project. Myself, Greg Hollenbach, Jay Parker, Brian Freeman. Brian Freeman, Brian Freeman, Brian Freeman. Uh, That's right, I forgot you you once, man. It's all right. I don't ever forget Brian. How could you? (laughs) Uh, Co-host here on The Modern Eater Show and owner of what I believe to be one of the most thoughtfully put together businesses sourcing produce from farms that uh, you can believe in and trust because it has growers organic stamp on it and that's what brian freeman's all about and greg i'd like to throw out there that just knowing brian freeman and growers organic has completely revamped my diet like come to, like <laughs> wow I'm, I'm eating more raw vegetables than ever before and they're delicious and they're good for me and everybody wins uh, I love yes. to hear that, folks. And I'll tell you, just as a personal testament, ever since I met Jay, he has been getting better looking every <laughs> because day. Because of growers organic. Every day. Yeah, that's right. Absolutely. Yeah. Did we mention that Brian is uh, blind? <laughs> getting uh, blinder and blinder yeah, every day. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Andrew Moore rejoins us. We're at his joint. Uh, his joint is Intrepid Sojourner Beer Project. It's their one-year anniversary. Andrew, uh, what a night. Yeah. Oh, what a night. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, I'll let you do the singing. I need another beer or two before that happens. <laughs> but, uh, it could happen. Come if you're here to you want to see me sing. <laughs> Andrew's a writer on themoderneater.com. You can check out his musings if you just log into themoderneater.com. And the gal that makes it all happen, she's joining us right here in our second studio at Intrepid Sojourner Beer Project. Emily Fletcher, food editor and lead writer for TheModernEater.com. Emily, girl, you are out and about, and you're doing it. You're making it happen. That's me. What do you think? <laughs> yeah, absolutely. I am, I'm definitely out all the time. Let's just dig in. Let's spend five, six, seven minutes talking to you about um, this past week. Guys, uh, it was a cool event at Bar Helix for uh, Denver 5, right? It was incredible. Chef Elon Wenzel over there uh, put together the Korean-themed night of five courses. And uh, they really, speaking about pushing the envelope when it comes to beer, they were pushing the envelope over there at Bar Helix with, uh, you know, steak tartare on a pork rind, you know, things like that. Emily had the opportunity to catch up this week, and I didn't really get to hear how it went. But we're going to talk to Emily right now about... Her next musing that when's it available? So do you do the setup. Yeah, uh, absolutely. Kendra. Kendra. Kendra Anderson. Yeah. So Kendra is the owner of Bar Helix. Bar Helix is where we had Cape Town on Monday that Elon Wenzel and the other Denver Five put together. Um, you guys might remember we interviewed Elon and I had a chance to get to know him um, and write about him a couple weeks ago. So. I mean, all of these things are inextricably linked, right? All the things we're doing. And Kendra and I got to catch up earlier, um, a couple days ago. And so I'll have a write-up about her. Unfortunately, she was wrapped up tonight at the Big Wonderful with 5,000 attendees. I wasn't able to be with us, but I do kind of want to let you guys know what we talked about and what she has going on because it's awesome. We'll catch her, and you had an opportunity to sit down with her. One of the things, I'm always fully transparent, but 
he said to me, Greg, you know, that, that's a strong woman. And, and it could come across as intimidating. She's also, the boss. He also boss. said the reason why it was intimidating is because I'd like to, I love those qualities or attributes about her that I'd like to emulate for myself. So mm -hmm. it was a pleasure for you to do that, right? Yeah. Oh, absolutely. Oh, and I told her that to her face. I said, girl, you're kind of intimidating, but in the best way possible. I mean, I think anyone who's seen her been around her. Um, and what I, what I love about Kendra and a lot of the wonderful people I've been interviewing is, again, she's somebody with a passion and a vision. And that is ongoing. It's not something that ever finishes, right? So here she is with this project. Bar Helix opened up. I mean, not that long ago, right? Maybe six months ago yeah, or so? Yeah, not long at all. Um, she's a sommelier. She's a former caterer. And, you know, this has been, again, a, a project of passion. And what I love is all of these projects. I mean, so we're sitting here with Andrew, his beer, and, you know, the brewery. Um, Elon and his knife company, right? Kendra, Bar Helix, and what she puts on. Lee Sullivan with Denver Five. All of these people with these awesome projects, it's kind of an embodiment of where their journey, who they are, where they're going. So that's what Kendra really wants to convey with, um, with Bar Helix. Can you give us a two-minute sneak yeah. preview of your time with Kendra yep. and what people can look forward to in your long-form interview that will be published on the moderneater.com, I'm yeah. guessing maybe tomorrow. Yeah, so it, it, will be, uh, it will be definitely longer. So what I found, my big takeaway with Kendra is when she went to culinary school, she went from a corporate job, decided to go to culinary school and do some catering because her friends were like, you throw the best parties. She's like, yeah, I do throw good parties. <laughs> so I'm going to go to culinary school. She went to culinary school and she tried to opt out of the wine program. She was in a wine and food program. She tried to opt out of the wine program until she had an excellent instructor that showed her what wine could really be when it was paired with food. And she called it a transformational experience. So since then, she has become a sommelier and now opened up her bar. And she said, you know, the reason that I wanted to have this bar is so that I could have a space where people could, where I could share that. They could have that transformational experience where they could eat caviar and not feel weird eating caviar like three times a week. She wants people to understand and have it be more accessible. Um, she kind of became known locally as the Swirl Girl. She did some writing. Uh, she had a good Twitter handle. For Westward, didn't yeah, she have she a was, column in Westward? Yep, that was one of the, I think, the second place that she wrote. And the point was trying to make it fun and accessible. Um, kind of get rid of the barriers that some people had to understanding wine because it just felt like something that was out of reach. And she wanted people to understand, no, it's, it's within reach. Here's how it tastes, and here's how we're going to make it taste even better. And as her plight through Swirl Girl and being a sommelier, um, she became a businesswoman. Yep. Yep, absolutely. And along the way, she found out that she loves Negronis, which, I mean, I, oh man, I love my cocktails, so she's preaching to the choir there. Um, but again, you know, at a time when craft cocktails weren't as popular, she was trying to bring them to the forefront, you know. So that's another thing you're going to get if you go there. Um, and the whole location, or the whole um, space, like I said, is kind of embodiment of what she's trying to accomplish. It's not yeah. just the food. It's not just the drink, but the I'll, whole experience. Yeah, no beer yeah. served there. And, and I'll sorry. tell you. No, sorry, don't Andrew. be sorry. And she's unapologetic as, as well because being in the Rhino, uh, Rhino mm -hmm. District, um, there's a lot of the same. And she yep. is a big proponent for saying, you know what, I'm going to do something different. Mm -hmm. And if it doesn't stick, you know what, we'll find out. But I think it will. 
and I'm going to offer something that is my passion, mm -hmm. um, my project. A lot of times that bites a lot of people in the butt. But with her, she's paving new way. She's doing it. She's doing that thing. Yeah. The number one standout thing that people can look forward to as a tease to your article for Kendra Anderson. Oh, man. All right. So we're going to talk about transformational experiences like Pop-Tarts and Fogoa. <laughs> that is a dish you can get there. Whoa. So when we talk about doing things your way, yeah. I mean, she's not trying to be different to be different. She's just doing things her way. I'll tell you what, uh, Emily, uh, it's gals like you and Kendra, um, the women in this industry that are cutting new road, that are taking your passions to a whole new level. We call you uh, Realtor by Day. Realtor by Day. Brian, don't Aww. jump on me. I corrected myself. Thank you. Thank you. Realtor Thanks, by Brian. Day and uh, food lover and drink lover by night. This You're really true. making a difference in our community Makes and our surroundings. Yeah. 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 Well, Greg, if I could say something about Emily, because she's an incredibly strong woman who I was, I was curious to see her writing style before she started. Yeah. And I love it. I I, I'll too. tell you, everything that she's put out, I really, really like what Emily has brought to the Modern Eater. She's really shaped things up in the written form for the website. And I, I just say thank you. Thank you, thank you. Thank, thank you, guys. Thank you, Jay Parker yeah. here. Uh, I don't really like her. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, it's the weirdest thing. I hear all these, and I'm kind of like, eh. See it. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Right? I, I jest. I love her twice as much as you guys do. So I love you also. Thank you. Yep. Yeah. Perfect. Heart. Paul's here tonight, huh? That is uh, Paul's lookalike. It's his twin. It is a doppelganger. Yeah, it is, it's I, Paul's I, doppelganger. Holy cow. Yeah, can't help it. I'm I was like, boy, now. Emily likes a certain style of guy there. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> so it's the ones that look like this. Times yeah. two, yeah. I guess. We digress. They <laughs> we look do. a lot better than us. We do. Uh, so. Up next, he's the man. Oh, what do you have? Do you have something left? Yeah, a little beer school. Do we want to chat about uh, that or are we it, out of time? No, so we are out of time, but okay. we have many more shows to come. <laughs> and I have a lot more beer school, so. I know you. You do. Emily, uh, much more time. Get you in studio next week. Spend the whole show with us like last week. Um, thank you very much. The, all the booze news you can use. There's updates. The man's in the house. He's got his uh, rehab hat on. I don't Or rab hat. Mr. <laughs> Kyle Moyer. Kyle Moyer. He's coming up next. Crafty Fox and Bogey's Beers and Wine for booze in the news as we come down the final stretch Right here, live from the Intrepid Sojourner Beer Project. Uh, it's just getting going, Andrew. Yeah. 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 Strange Brewing <laughs> Company, Wits Inn, just walked in. Ooh, uh, the party's starting. Got to yeah. have a good time. Kyle Moyer up next right here on the Modern Eater Show on iHeartRadio. If you're hyper-local and you like food, click and taste the Modern Eater's website, videos, pictures. It is good. Food and drink blogs from the best in the business. And don't forget to watch their latest prize giveaway video to themoderneater.com. Rocker Spirits. It's a distillery. It's a place to hang. It's about quality. It's about taste. It's about passion. Infused with American spirit. Rocker whiskey, rocker rum, rocker vodka. Get ready for an original look, feel, and experience. Old Town Littleton. And if you get hungry while you're sipping on some drinks, they've got the best food truck line in town. Open Thursdays, Fridays, Saturdays, and Sundays. Rockerspirits.com. Rockerspirits.com. 
Com. Do you have the goods? If you're looking for a neighborhood restaurant that features gluten-free menu items, stop by The Goods. Whether you're a vegetarian, vegan, gluten-free, or even a meat lover, they've got something for everyone. Do you love a great sandwich? How about wood oven roasted vegetables on multigrain bread with rosemary, mayo, and olives? Vegan and certified gluten-free. Or for the meat lover, try one of their most popular menu items, the Paleo Bowl. With house-smoked pork, wood-oven-roasted veggies, two sunny-side-up eggs, and Indonesian sambal sauce, it's delicious. As a friendly neighborhood restaurant featuring dinner, brunch, and full bar with two happy hours daily, they truly care about you, the customer, and desire to provide an extraordinary dining experience for everyone. They're family and children-friendly, and even have a playroom for the little ones. The Goods, a friendly neighborhood restaurant, offering a wide menu of gluten-free and vegan options. And they don't forget about meat lovers with a staff that really cares. On East Colfax, directly connected to the Tattered Cover Bookstore. Hungry? TheGoodsRestaurant.com. Hey, Colorado chefs. Brian Freeman with Growers Organic and the Modern Eater Talk Show. Do you care about where your food comes from? I do. Do you want loyalty from customers who care about that as well? I can help by providing top quality organic produce with reliable delivery, knowledgeable sales team who genuinely care about how food is grown, transported, and served. Chefs, Growers Organic will ensure you have excellent ingredients for your next James Beard dinner, your nightly specials, or your regular menu items. Join the organic revolution and go organic with Growers Organic. Look us up online at growersorganic.com. Now it's time for the Modern Eater's Booze in the News segment. I like my beer cold, my meat grilled, and my entertainment explosive. All we need is a, is a chair and a, and a cooler beer. Here's your booze news. Yes, it is. Booze in the news. All the booze news you can use right here on the Modern Eater Show as we continue down the home stretch live from Intrepid Sojourner Beer Project, 8th and Santa Fe. The party's just getting started, so come on down. We'll welcome you, and uh, Jay might even buy you a beer. I'll buy you two beers if you walk in in the next five <laughs> seconds. <laughs> okay. I'll buy you one beer if you come in by uh, 8 o'clock, which would be kind of cool. Brian Freeman's brought buying everybody beers. Yeah. Greg yeah. Hollenbach, Jay Port. <laughs> is that my tab? It's because I have a tab open. Exactly, yeah. It's, it's going to work out just fine. <laughs> uh, Brian Freeman, the voice there, Andrew Moore as we continue. But uh, this guy, we all know him. We love him. It's Kyle Moyer. Um, I don't want to say this, but I want to say it. We just set a date for Micro Brew Fest. Yes. September 8th. September 8th. You know, we did some research. There's nothing big going on. It's like GABF's a little bit early this year, so we had to kind of mess with our date and feel confident this is going to be good. The weather will be good this year. I think it well, hey, thanks for just jinxing us. I, didn't ju- I knocked on wood. <laughs> the weather should be great tonight, but I think it's perfect weather tonight. You don't have a downpour. It's a nice night in the Mile High City. Um, it, it's one of those nights to where let's uh, saddle up to a nice cold beer. Absolutely. It's springtime in the city. Hey, Moyer, you got a lot of stuff going on, man. Uh, brunch is big in the city. Well, yeah, you know, we have two patios, and people have been asking us Crafty forever. Fox. It's the Crafty Fox. And, like, why why aren't you guys doing brunch? And, and finally, we, my chef, Angelo, my general manager, Kevin, and I sat down about a month ago and said, okay, let's do this. Let's set a date. Springtime, summer's coming up. Let's set a date. Let's do this. So we decided to beer build a and full brunch, bunch. man. I, you're yeah. onto something. We're onto something, but we've got some cocktails. We get, we're doing, you know, we're doing some fun stuff. Can you spend a couple minutes talking about it? Yeah, I do. I, I'd love to. I, you know, I have the menu in front of me. Um, it's not finalized. You know, we're still working out a few things, but you know, we'll start out on the healthy side. We do have a fruit and granola parfait. 
Uh, we're getting some really good local granola. It's going to be absolutely phenomenal. Can we name that the, the J? Well, yeah. <laughs> I mean, that's why that's why I named that first. But then, you know, for for Brian, for Greg, you know, we do have some biscuits and gravy. Uh, we have a breakfast chimichanga. Ooh. I met with Rich oh, yesterday. At Rockalita? At Rockalita. Wow. did go down there? Yes, sir. And we're going to be dealing with Rich and his tortillas for, <laughs> for our chimichanga. It's a breakfast chimichanga. It's going to be awesome. Good, man. Uh, you found the, all the delicious flavors you wanted? Not yet. That's what we're going to do okay. early this week. So, you know, we were initially thinking just like a white tortilla. Yeah. But now we're like, let's see, maybe the spinach, maybe, you know, the chili and, you know, lime or the tomato, you know, let's see. So, um, you know, we're going to work on that this this week. But we do have a coffee and cream French toast, which is amazing. Yeah. And then we we're kind of known, even though we're a pizza restaurant for our fried chicken. So we got our clucker. We're going to do that on a, a waffle, good and it, it is amazing. So, that waffle I've been seeing on Facebook, man. It's looking good. <laughs> so so we've got a few more items other than that. We, you know, we do have some breakfast pizzas. We've got some really cool breakfast pizzas, actually. Not as traditional as you would think. You know, most yeah. would think like a breakfast burrito, you know, pizza. We're not doing that. We're doing like an Irish breakfast pizza and some other fun stuff. So also some cool mixed drinks. You know, everything's just say true to True to concept, you know, very, very crafty, hands-on, local. Got a you know, Bloody Mary going? We do, and I've talked to uh, Miss Gutmother about that. So, <laughs> good yeah, nice. we, we'll have that on the menu. So it'll be, a, it'll be a really fun brunch menu. We're really proud of it. And, again, we got the, the patios looking over downtown. Come out. You know, you can drink beer, drink yeah. cocktails, drink. I'm, I'm teaming up with Huckleberry Roasters. We're going to do a cool blend, you know, or a uh, roast for us. And, uh we got some fun stuff. I'm in love with the Crafty Fox. The space is just wide open. Um, there's more beers on tap than you could ever, ever want. Um, they do that very well. But now the cocktail program and Bogey's Beer and Wine next door, cool event spot where we do micro brew fest right behind them with the Fox Street compound. The neighborhood, I call it Moyerville, but it's, it's really Globeville, um, <laughs> Sunnyside. Right? Yeah, I think Fox Sunny Island. Yeah. Fox, Fox Island. Island. Fox oh, Island. I like that. that Fox Island. Kyle, man, always a pleasure having you on the show. We're going on a road trip, um, setting out with in an RV, me, Jay, and Brian. Uh, we'll see who survives oh, one week long, uh, hitting a bunch of Colorado farms, distilleries, breweries, ranches, uh, just collecting a lot of content from the great people who make this all happen, and you're one of them, man. Well, thank and hats you. Hats off to you, Kyle Moyer. Thanks for having me on. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, Andrew, one minute, final thoughts? Oh, man. I mean, please come on down, join us. 925 West 8th Avenue in the Santa Fe Arts District. Uh, we just tapped some rum barrel aged Imperial Turkish coffee stout. Uh, so if you need a little bit of rum barrel aged coffee stout in your life, it's here now. And, uh, Crowlers. I'm telling you what. Take some bottles home with you, too. Take, them home, take bottles home. We did our first bottle run. If, you can't, if yeah. you can't come out tonight, just make your way down yeah. to Intrepid Soul. We'll be here tomorrow and every day afterwards. Yeah, that's so, right. Thank you guys so much so for coming. So proud out. of you. Thank really you. Really proud of you. doing the show from yeah. here. And, yeah. We love you to death. We're going to go get started, I guess. Yes, it's just that's about. Right. Come to Intrepid. <laughs> 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 Bros to the end, my man. A great yeah. show. Oh, thank you. I'm excited. I was going to ask Kyle if he wants to uh, do some research tomorrow, fried chicken. I think I'm going to be coming down to Denver, going to uh, Louisiana and Pearl Street at the Village Cork. Our friend Kyle Phillips is making some uh, fried chicken. Maybe we should do a little testing. I don't know where you are tomorrow, Kyle. See Let you next know. week. The Modern Eater Show right here, iHeartRadio.